Today in the podcast, I have a very special guest. Her name is Anastasia Naplakova, and she's a concert pianist, and she also teaches people piano, the finer points of piano technique, I'm sure. And interestingly, she's won a number of competitions as well. Welcome to the podcast, Anastasia. Welcome. Thank you, Sylvia, for having me. And you're also Ukrainian by birth, which is interesting. You're currently in America, but you have a very close connection to Ukraine with what's going on there because of, well, first you were born there, but you've got family over there while the war is going on. So we'll touch on that later on the interview. But first, you're a concert pianist, and I'm seeing there at your side, you have a beautiful Yamaha piano. So how did your life with music begin? Where did it all start? It started in Ukraine. I was born in Kharkiv, which is the second largest city in Ukraine in the east part of the country. And I was extremely lucky, incredibly lucky, actually. Uh, my parents uh, discovered that I have musical talent very early on and took me to a music school where teachers recommended that I enter a special music school at a very young age. And uh, for 12 years in that special music school, I was uh, trained, very heavily trained in music. It's a school that combines very heavy music curriculum with a regular school curriculum in one building. It was a very small number of students. We had uh, around 10 students in the class. Very good. And I presume it was classical music that you focused on mostly, given... Uh, yes, we had only classical music in our school. So who would be your most favorite composer? I mean, there's so many wonderful composers from that part of the world. Who would be your number one favorite? I am, since probably being 18 or 19 years old, I'm very much focused on music of Rachmaninoff. Oh, one of my favorites. One of my favorites. And what attracts you to Rachmaninoff as a composer? Is it just his melody lines or how he expresses his emotion through his music. What What is it about his music that really attracts you? Um, my main attraction, I think, is the depth. Very deep. Depth of emotion, very deep. And um, beauty of his harmony. Oh, it's beautiful. It's utterly beautiful. Yeah, utterly. Uh, and, and people... Complex. And very <laughs> Yes, hate. very complex. Oh, yes. And I mean, people say you have to have a huge chance to play Rachmaninoff's music. Is that true? Um... It certainly takes a lot of preparation before you're able to play Rachmaninoff at the yeah. level. Yeah, he was. It was widely reported at the time that he had huge hands, and I mean, when you listen to the yes. breadth of sound that is created, that you'd wonder, oh my! I, I mean, can you play it without you having huge hands? Is the question. So um, you studied in that special school where you had music and normal curriculum like together in the one unit, as it were. What happened next? Did you enter university studying music then? Uh, yes, I entered Kharkiv Conservatory next and studied with one of the best teachers in the whole of Ukraine in piano. I'm very thankful for all the training I've gotten from her. She was not only an incredible musician she was also like a second mother to me uh, so i think um you know my main uh advice to all young musicians would be uh to find a person that supports you to find yeah, like a mentor, mentor almost yes yeah that can give 
you the guidance that I was so lucky to receive when I was yeah. young. And is your drive really to teach or to perform? Like, what do you most enjoy? Or do you just like mixing the two together? I like mixing the two together. Yeah. Um, teaching also provides me with learning. It, so you learn as much as you teach. Yeah, that's, I've often heard yes. that being said. Yeah, yeah. So you see different, yes, I suppose, students. You see different students coming back with different ideas, I suppose, and it, it kind of enriches the experience. Yes, and also when you have to explain something to another person and uh, take a different frame of mind, you start changing your own perspective very often and you clarify your perspective on what exactly it is that you're trying to teach somebody else. Exactly, yeah. It's like when you teach a concept, you suddenly seem to understand it with so much more depth and clarity of understanding. Isn't that very... Would you agree to that truth? Yes, absolutely. Um, especially in music, we do a lot of things intuitively mm -hmm. or rely on knowledge that we've picked up in different bits and parts uh, throughout life. Uh, but when you have to conceptualize something in a few words, in a couple of sentences, you suddenly have a clarity. Yeah. So when it comes to the arena of performance, there's a lot of musicians, they really want to get on that big concert stage and perform. How does one prepare to go on a concert stage to perform? You've played with orchestras, I pre you've played in solo, you know, doing repertoire and so on um, in solo. So how do you prepare to enter that big concert stage as an up and coming musician getting to that top level? Um. I started to perform when I was young and the first experiences for me were terrifying, uh, <laughs> which is normal, I think. Uh, one should not be afraid of being afraid. Yeah. That is probably my one of the advices I can give from my point of view. And how did you um, deal? How did you deal with the fear? Did you just go deep inside of yourself or did you know, okay, I've support out there in the audience or how did you mentally get through it? I try, first of all, to pick the music that I absolutely have to play on stage mm -hmm. because the music keeps my attention. Mm -hmm. and so you really focus, I... you focus on the melody lines and the music and you just get totally absorbed by that? I definitely try to do that. Mm. Audience per se um, does not distract me. Yeah. So if something happened in the audience, like a loud sound or somebody coughing, that does have no effect on you? Usually does not. I understand that people in the hall are like people. They are there to enjoy me playing for them. And uh, no way uh, there isn't of any kind of a thought in my mind that coughing is them trying to do something <laughs> bad to me. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, uh, I've seen some videos on YouTube where something has happened in the audience and it isn't, let's say, very loud or very brash, but it really disturbs the performer on stage. And how do you advise somebody who gets easily disturbed by something odd happening in the audience like what form of advice would you offer there um uh, if you are very deep in your music if you are very detailed in your music if you have complexity of the music that you play that you understand uh to me it's not distracting i 
I tend to practically ignore what happens. Lock it out. Yeah, lock it out. Yeah, I'm way too absorbed in what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I do train my uh, students very often uh, to to get over what can possibly have uh, can happen in in the whole yeah. uh, uh, simply by distracting themselves. Yeah. Uh, do play performances even for just for young people? I mean, this is an advice. Uh, play for your parents. Play for your friends. Uh, simply set up a camera, a cell phone camera next to you, mm-hmm. and uh, the jitters will come in. <laughs> Yeah, get used to them. Uh, yes. Uh, get used to them. Yeah. The difference that I notice uh, with myself, especially with the pandemic of the last two years, is that once performer uh, performances have uh, stopped for a certain period, coming back was a new experience. I'm sure, yeah, with all the complications then of returning as well, you know, a different scene as it were on the concert stage. So what is your most memorable experience that you've had, whether it be through tutoring or performing to date? What has been the most memorable experience? You've won a number of piano competitions, I should say, as well. Uh, I've been to dozens of piano competitions all over the world. Uh, They all are memorable in different ways. But I would say my... uh, most uh, deepest experience on stage and in preparation was was Beethoven's Fourth Piano Concerto, because I uh, I was selected to perform it was Leon Fleischer conducting, mm-hmm. and knowing that Leon Fleischer's own recording of that concerto is considered to be one of the best in the world, yeah. and uh, of course the figure of Leon Fleischer himself, uh, I'm a big fan of his art. I have. A, giant stack of his recordings and to perform with him was a dream and i entered the competition to be able to perform with him without any um hope even of winning i just wanted to play Beethoven's fourth concerto for somebody because i wanted to play it (laughs) and when i won and realized that in a month i will be on stage with flash conducting that was a dream (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and it was a dream yeah. all in one, I'm sure. Paradox, pressure and a dream happening all together. Now, you mentioned something there about you've got many recordings belonging to that conductor. And I think that it's actually really important to listen to lots of different performers playing maybe a single piece of music to gain ideas. Would you agree with that I- notion? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Could you talk more uh, about that? Explain why. Um because I learn from recordings just as much as I learn from my teachers. Um, so there's all like these recordings. The, there's all these nuances. Yeah, but what I was just about to say there's there's all these differences of sound, interpretation, phrases, and just the interpretations. Is that why you would listen to many recordings? Yes, uh, to see different perspectives for sure. Uh, to uh, understand skill of a, a different pianist and approach of a different pianist. Uh, also, a lot of pianists recorded the same pieces throughout their lives several times, and I, I'm fascinated to hear what the difference would be. Yeah. Uh, to to know to what to expect of myself, let's say 10, 15 years from now, mm-hmm. uh, if my own 
perspective on the same piece have changed, I, I would not feel as bad for my perspective 15 years back. <laughs> yeah. But I suppose because, art yeah. art is influenced by you, the person evolving and growing to understand more, maybe? Absolutely. Yeah. So the more you learn and the more you evolve, the more you change your expression, perhaps? Uh, change perspective on music, change perspective on the particular piece, knowing uh, what the composer went through, which period of the composer's life the piece comes from, and also collaborations with musicians that they did at the time. Yeah, and how important is it to understand the life of the composer? So, for example, you're doing Beethoven's Fourth. How important is it to understand Beethoven's life and when he wrote it and the circumstances surrounding him writing it? Why is that important? It informs the way I play. Yeah. Uh, to me, reading biographies of composers and biographies of performers as well. Uh, several performers, I, I, I can tell that reading their biographies actually influenced me more, perhaps, in my life than than anything else than my own experience because um secrets of the trade and uh uh a lot of just life situations and how to deal with them are described there and they um, they're common between performers but in terms of composers understanding what uh influenced them is what informs the music because what we see as performers is a blank sheet of music right it's a paper and ink on the paper and uh, what kind of expression and what what else do we see what we don't see on the page yes very has true to what you don't see understanding. Mm -hmm. very good yeah mm. all see is notes and dynamics yeah. and maybe a little bit about tempos very very <laughs> true i couldn't agree more very true and it's really interesting to find out for example beethoven is a great example to understand the challenges he went through and the type of personality he had which obviously came through his music and great what would you say firepower in places and then utterly beautiful peaceful pieces of music i mean he wrote contrasting music which is really interesting you know which coordinates with his whole life journey as it were true now you're ukrainian born and we know that there is a war ongoing currently between russia and ukraine and you've been doing some very special concerts in an effort to try and help the people in ukraine so can you tell us what you've been doing uh yes when the war began uh since my parents and my family are still in ukraine and a lot of my friends musicians with whom i was performing for 23 years of my life um and studying together uh they all stayed in Kharkov. well majority of them stayed in Kharkov. the rest are throughout living throughout ukraine um i i was extremely concerned and i was very upset to see the buildings i've studied in the conservatory the Kharkov opera theater and the philharmonics destroyed and i realized that the life uh uh, several of them had hits, uh, bomb hits nearby, and windows are broken, instruments are destroyed inside. The conservatory, the pianos uh, have been standing for several months in rooms with no windows. Uh, so I realized that the lives of those people is going to be affected for a very long time. Uh, so I started in a rush and in a little bit of a frenzy, I've started a fundraiser 
on GoFundMe. And uh, once I saw how much support I have gotten from uh, absolutely unknown to me people, and uh, uh, it was incredibly heartwarming to me. I thought, well, besides opening the page and transferring the money and trying to help people, I should do something also back for the people here in the United States. And so I asked one of the presenters who often organizes concerts for me to see if he can organize a couple of events, concerts uh, in support of Ukraine and Ukrainian musicians. So we did three concerts last week uh, in South Florida, Miami, Boca Raton, and uh, Pompano Beach. It was three Ukrainian performers and uh, several musicians from the faculty of University of Miami. Um, world-known performers. I think a lot of people really feel for the Ukrainians, you know, in the way the whole situation has evolved. So um, from your knowledge of the Ukraine, the way it is now, how can people help? You know, we're watching it from a distance and in some ways for those of us who hate war, and I mean, I think that's the majority of people, you want to help, but you don't know how. So how can people help? Are there ways people can help? Uh, yes, well, fundraisers are exactly that. Uh, for example, the fundraiser that I'm uh, having, I transfer money directly to people knowing who has what kind of situation and what kind of support I can give them. I realized in the first two weeks of the war that uh, there's no way for me to stop bombs from falling. The best way I can help is to... Uh, support the people and help them to either get out or replace items that they need and basically continue carrying on with their life uh, in whatever way suits them best. So if people want to reach out to you, maybe for you to then move finance over into the Ukraine, where can people reach out to you? Uh, they should go to helpukrainemusicians.com. Okay. And it's all on there. It's the web page dedicated to that GoFundMe. Okay. Um, where I post periodically post updates of what is going on. They can also uh, look me up on Facebook. Okay. Much okay. more information and pictures and uh, updates are going if, through social media right now. And if somebody wants to do a fundraising concert and maybe use your skill um, as a performer, where can they reach out to you? They can find me again on Facebook. <clears throat> they can also find me on my naplakova.com. Fantastic, fantastic. Um, now we're going to complete this episode with four questions. And this is a big question for somebody like yourself, like a pianist. What musical secrets have you learned so far? What would you say the biggest musical secret would be? Because I'm sure you know many. Uh, the biggest musical secret. <laughs> Um, I think, in my view, is uh, exchange of ideas is the biggest musical secret. Uh, because without talking to other professionals in your field, without forming connections, without understanding what people would like to see, what people do see that you don't, uh, moving forward is very difficult. 
on your own uh, when the musician sits and practices on their own eight hours a day in a practice room um, the world becomes smaller yeah and how many hours do you practice a day is it five eight hours a day how many hours um it widely depends on what is coming up in my schedule <laughs> really? i know i've heard some people say oh five hours every day i can't leave my home until i have five hours done and then other people just go with the flow so it's it's interesting what has created the most impact in your musical life and maybe who has created the most impact the most impact of course my teachers my teacher in Ukraine, Natalia Melnikova, was my conservatory teacher, as well as the teacher here at the University of Miami when I did my doctorate degree, Santiago Rodriguez. He uh, is one of the world-known performers of Rachmaninoff as well, which is why I went to study with him. Um, so they had the most impact on you. Okay. Yeah. And what is the best tool you choose to use every day? Now, I know you play the piano and that's your tool in inverted commas, but outside of that, what would be the best tool that you would use every day to keep you really focused and really, you know, on top order? Um, connecting to the world of musicians is my biggest, most important tool. And that includes everything we've talked about already, the recordings and the social media and the personal contacts of who is doing what and where and uh, listening and just observing what is going on. <laughs> yeah, just being on the the top of it all and through music as you know you turn from a young student into an intermediate advanced student and then a performer there's a musical journey so what is the number one growth tip that you have discovered on your musical journey uh, number one growth tip, tip uh, would be to uh, keep going to events and uh doing competitions, doing concerts, uh, trying to get out of your practice room as much as possible. <laughs> yeah, um, very true. Yeah, I think one of the, I don't mind what level of musician you're at, but going to concerts, they're amazing. There's nothing replaces that real true sound of being in the venue where the music is being played compared to a YouTube video or a recording somewhere. So that's that's true. When I was young, my favorite part about going to competitions was not that I played there. <laughs> it was that I could sit the whole day in the hall and observe other yes, yeah. performers play. And that's what I pretty much did. <laughs> yeah, and just studied what they were doing, I suppose, and observed it. Yeah, very good. Uh, yes, being exposed to the repertoire, being exposed to good parts of performance and bad parts of performance. Yeah, and learning from it learning. too. Le experience yeah, yeah. yeah learning from it well it's been very interesting to hear your story and um keep in touch with your new and upcoming concerts and if there's any fundraising concerts as well keep us informed and we'll publicize it here in the podcast we'll have all the links below in the podcast description or if you're watching this on youtube you'll find all the links in the youtube video description so it's a pleasure to have you on anastasia and i wish you well and i hope this war ends in ukraine i really do it's terrible to think that these beautiful buildings, you know, like conservatories and so on are destroyed. I mean, that's that's incredibly sickening, I suppose, is the word to say. It's, it's heartbreaking. The, it is really because you're talking of heritage and history and a deep connection that's to the arts. Places with deep cultural roots. Yeah. With musicians who learned from uh, world's greatest musicians. How many classical musicians came out of Ukraine? And Very true, yeah. 
beautiful buildings I'd imagine as well very beautifully uh, architectural yeah it's sad yeah. it's it's just tragic I mean we the human race we've to move on beyond war <laughs> I mean do people not learn do we really have to go there you know but um we wish you well anyway and we wish all your family members back in the Ukraine well thank so, you so much thanks very much for coming on thank you for having me